0: Folks, take it from me, NBA legend Bill Walden. Like all great experiments in American
1: history, the 3 and D-Love podcast will revolutionize your life. Welcome to the 3 and D-Love NBA podcast. Thanks for joining us, and I'm your host, Michael Eaney. We're joined, as always, by the brother, Ryan Eney, and, of course, our namesake, the venerable D-Love, Derek Lovegren. Here we go. Thank you, Michael.
0: All right, guys. We have entered the fifth week of the NBA playoffs, and we're still in round one. Uh, well, everyone except, <laughs> <laughs> everyone except Brooklyn. Uh, oh. Just about a couple hours ago. Oh, man. The first team to get swept, and or to be eliminated, and the only team to get swept. Don't Sean please. Marks,
2: Steve Nash, Josiah, Kevin Durant. Kyrie Irving are all heading to a, a offsite, a management team offsite. Uh, they're heading right out immediately after the game tonight, so they're going to be doing some trust falls, team building exercises. Uh, they're really going to have they're going to have a, a sharing circle. It's going to be uh, I, they can still save the holacracy. The holacracy <laughs> – I will not lose faith faith in the holacracy. It, it's still possible. It still can be out there. Well, we
0: we do have this. Sorry, Michael. We have, we have some breaking news. Uh, I don't know if you guys caught this It's just fresh off the press, but Ben Simmons is uh doubtful for training camp and questionable for the first preseason game. <laughs> oh man.
1: I, I, I was going to come in with the, uh, that Ben Simmons was rehabbing for game five, but uh, that one, we, we, we <laughs> the, missed that one. The
2: great American hero. Let me down. <laughs> what, what happened there? I mean, what's your guys read on that where, we the all hate Nets, him where the Nets just trying to push him to actually play. And then I, I like he, that at this point, nobody gives him the benefit of the
0: doubt of the possibility that maybe his, he reaggravated his back. Like you said, <laughs> everyone's
2: just like, no way. There's automatic. a lot going on there. Automatic.
1: <laughs> no, it's, it was the weirdest handle. I mean that and the Jamal Murray situation that, when any time a team is suggesting that a player can come back from their injury, that they're cleared from a medical perspective, and yet that player is not coming back, I, I just wonder who's benefiting from this. And what does the franchise have to gain in terms of selling their superstar or their star down the river that way? I mean, it, it just it does really create a unique environment, especially for these teams down 3-0 or 3-1. It's like, what, 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 what are they hoping for here?
2: Well, it doesn't help when said player, though, is doing Tomahawk, dunks and then it's still out i.e zion williamson yeah, i mean it's like it's it's not any body i mean is it just that he's out of shape is this he's got to go on the uh the barkley diet if it tastes good spit it out is that what he needs to do because like you see him i mean if you can do like a a windmill dunk like that's incredible mean, he's an incredible dunker he's one of the great dunkers of his era but it's like <laughs> you're good man <laughs> that that yeah. should be like the sign of I'm good. Well,
0: isn't there anyone in the room and or in the building that can be like, I don't think this is such a good idea. This dunk here, These are yeah, yeah, optics for you.
1: Yeah, I think blocking his comeback is Brandon Ingram. Yeah.
2: Seriously, man, that's been yeah. Guys, well, he's like he's rolling. like. There's a new
1: alpha in town. Yeah, it's like Anthony Edwards looked around and Carl Anthony Towns side relief. Brandon Ingram showed up and was like, uh, "Hey Zion, why don't you just you know why don't you take some rehab days away?" <laughs> Well, guys, I, I, I'm joking
0: about how uh, you know round one is, is uh, at least for some series, it is kind of dragging a little bit. So with some of these three-one matchups, never,
1: never, I, Derek. You know, yeah, but it's like the first four days of March Madness, but spread over four weeks. It's the best. It's the best of both worlds.
0: No, I'm with you. I'm with you. If some but, is good,
1: more is better.
0: So, I, but I was wondering, with some of these three-one matchups that we're seeing, uh, do we? Do we not wonder if, like, the best three of five should make a return? Like, I think Doc Rivers would be in favor of that at this point. <laughs> I mean,
1: with the number of 3-1 leads he's blown, I think he probably would in general, right?
0: Yes, they have him right where they want a Doc Rivers team.
2: Well, yeah, how how many of these, like, 3-1 series – I mean, we saw the Raptors win tonight, so we know that's, that's a real series now. Uh, but, like, are there any other 3-1 series that we're seeing? Are they um, – I mean – seems like Miami and Milwaukee are putting putting uh Atlanta and Chicago to bed more than likely but you know Denver's got a little life Jokic <laughs> maybe maybe guys Say, no no it doesn't seem like it but maybe yeah not I, seeing it yeah it just doesn't uh yeah I, yeah it seems like a lot of those are going to go to four uh, in in game 5 but i yeah i just the the Philadelphia thing i mean my two, my two, uh, my finals picks are both out now. So all I have left is the Raptors. I have the Raptors. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Raptors! I have the Raptors, and uh, don't let me down. Because if if they did, if they, if they win Game Six, yeah, pressure's they, on. I mean, if they go get to a Game Seven, having won three in a row, I mean that's. And- and
0: 76 Harden,
1: DMP in game seven. If, if it goes there, he's pulling a full Simmons.
0: Yeah. yeah Rivers might not show up either. There's a lot of trauma uh,
2: within that team. So, I mean, and if, if MB lets this happen though, I mean, that's, that's, that's a, that's a, uh, that's yeah, a mark. As, that's a mark on him as well, well. right I mean,
0: as like Barkley would say, he, he is the one driving the bus at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. If you, if you saw that. Oh, it was great.
2: Durant. Yeah. It was great. I mean, the when he compared my favorite part is when he compared Durant winning the finals MVP to Equal to all the winning it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: was great. Well, and everyone just played their role perfectly. He leans over and he's like, well, What do you say, Shaq? And Shaq's like, Yep, you got it, man. And then Kenny's like, Not so fast. And I'm yeah. like, You would say that, Kenny. Those mid nineties two rings, man, that you sure hang your hat on. Uh, I think Hakeem was driving the bus. I think you were you were back left.
0: Yeah, I mean, with the Golden State, the only thing I would disagree with Barkley is I think he did say he didn't think Durant was the best player. But I kind of thought that that one we say there was multiple people driving that bus. But his point was, though, he joined the team that won 73 games. So, right.
2: Well, and I liked his point that Curry, Curry in the end is driving the bus. It's his bus. Like, it's it's like Durant got in his bus. And maybe they took turns driving You know, but it was a little bit like when I, uh, you know, we drove D-Love and I drove with Grant up to the Eastern Cape and I kind of just jumped in the driver's seat uh, for the second leg and Grant just looked at me like, what do you you think you're doing there, buddy? So (laughs) I think that's, (laughs) Steph's too nice a guy. He lets everyone, he gives everyone a chance to drive. Everyone feels like they're driving. I mean, I mean. Poole thinks he, Jordan Poole thinks he's driving. I mean, come on. Like Jordan Poole doesn't even have his like his uh, his learner's permit. He's got his yeah. learner's permit. He's like chastising the big three in yeah. uh, timeouts, getting asked about how he's such a leader, and he's one of the great leaders of the team. It's just like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, I feel mm-hmm. a little bit like Steph Curry is like – he's a little bit like Spacey in um, – usual suspects. It's a little bit like, he just looks like he's the nicest guy in the world, but he's like manipulating the entire thing. it's just like, it's just like, Oh my gosh. Like his, you know, I mean, and those guys, I mean, I think Draymond was sort of, I mean, he kind of tried to say he wasn't, but looked like he was making some, having a good time with Durant going out tonight and how he did. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's true. I mean, those guys, those guys are, Building it back, and I mean, I love Durant. I was disappointed. I wanted to see Durant make a run. I really like his game. I mean, I realize, like, I really like Durant. I like Jokic, and see those guys get like, <laughs> it's like, wait a second, come on, guys, step up, make make something happen. Um, and you know, Jokic's got a little life going, but they really couldn't do it. Yeah, uh, it's true.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's uh, what I think that that series is to me one of the interesting it just tells you the truth about a lot of different stuff. And I'm curious what the next phase of Brooklyn looks like. If they, if they can steady the ship and stay the course, you know, go to leadership camp and come back with some new ideas and get Simmons back in the fray. And you know, Joe Harris gets healthy and they run it back not to get ahead of ourselves talking about next year already, but it, it just is a pretty fascinating circumstance. It feels so volatile and, and it really does like, this series to me encapsulated why Kyrie Irving wasn't top 75. Like why that that entire conversation falls on its face. Like why I think often like Damian Lillard was was compared as a guy who made top 75 when when Kyrie didn't. And and you just look at the body of work. It's just it's yeah, I think Kyrie from a top end talent perspective, he's almost perceived he has a little Kobeism to him where Kobe is perceived because of the top end talent at this certain echelon when you know, they, they're just, it wasn't consistently winning basketball. And I think Kyrie kind of has that similar ilk. I mean, you, you saw him in game one, just the absolute control and, and the way he exerted his will in that game, even in the in a loss. And And then the rest of the series, it was just like he was hunted. He was, you know, he was taking bad shots. He was impatient. He was turnover prone. I mean, I think collectively it was just sort of like, Cool. He's really good at dribbling and finishing layups, but you know, it's not necessarily something that I think creates an environment where, you know, the nets can have a winning culture. And so I'm curious what that looks like going forward, because again, it's just, I think Nash got a lot of criticism and a lot of it was fair, but simultaneously you kind of wonder like, if if it really is the holocracy we joke about, is like is Kyrie and Katie really going to be open to running a bunch of motion sets and going like full curveball on it? Like, I don't I don't think they were going to, they were they were going to buy into that, um and and that's one of the only things I think collectively that would have given them a shot against the Celtics is to have something that was more holistic and and movement oriented to not necessarily rely on the ISO games that clearly weren't working through the four games. So I mean. Cor- um, Kawhi got. I mean, sorry, Kyrie got quoted after the game. I don't
2: know if you saw it. He's saying that he and Josiah and Sean Marks and Durant will get together, and they're, 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 he's going to resign, and they have to like take ownership of this together. Like, it, I mean, it's, I mean it, the it comes back to Durant. I mean, it's 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 interesting. I've always been an advocate of the player coach. I feel like a player coach, you know, could really work. I know salary cap wise, they won't let you do it, and there's a lot of issues with it, but i feel like a player coach like a chris paul there's certain guys that you know could coach and it wouldn't like they could have like an offensive defensive coordinator to like do that stuff and they could be like the field general and kind of running the show um but the player gm man is not is not working i mean it is not working like you know i mean durant this is durant's team it, that that's the part that's real it isn't even that he's it's a holacracy on the, co- it, it, it's a holacracy with running the team. And I think this is, you have to, um, you know, it, it's the way it goes with these great players who can impact things so impressively that they get that sort of influence. But you know, his, his insistence on connecting with Kyrie and, and making Kyrie his guy is like everything else fell from that. Like if he had picked someone else to be his wingman on this, then I don't think you'd be in the situation. I mean, yeah. they both got hurt that first year, but it's like Kyrie's all of his shenanigans this year. I mean, everything you've read is like Harden was really turned off by that. Like, again, Harden has his, all of his own weirdness, but like it, Kyrie was the main contributing factor to Harden leaving and causing all of his problems. And Kyrie like misses most of the season because he won't get vaccinated. Like, Kyrie, like, it's just like he's it's letting Kyrie get away with anything and and because Durant and him are connected he's just letting him get away with that so I am fascinated by how what they decide to do because I think if they were just if they had if they still had the you know if they were holding the joystick they'd be like I think they'd be like thanks Kyrie but like later like we're just cutting our losses on this we don't want you back <laughs> I think they would strongly consider that but Durant's gonna make that call because if Durant, if they're like, "Sorry, Durant, we're getting rid of Kyrie," like that's not going to fly for him. Like Kyrie's coming back. Like this is all staying, and that's where I just don't think you can give Nash. You can't really criticize Nash for that much because it's it's not, it's not a traditional setup. It's the Holocracy. Like he he to your point, Michael. He, he, he It's not like he didn't choose to put certain things in or do certain things. Like I, he's a very smart guy. Like he knows what would work, but it's like he has to know what's going to work with those two guys. And Durant is an incredible, like he is a fundamentally sound basketball player, but he still has like, you know, star um, habits, bad habits. And, you know, he's, he doesn't want to like, like you said, he doesn't want to run off of like three picks and do dribble handoffs and kind of do all of those things that it requires against good defense. He doesn't want to do that. And so I think it, it fundamentally comes back to Durant. And I love Durant, and so it's sad to see that. But he chose Kyrie, and he, he's connected with him. And he, um, you know, he got him into this mess and it's on him. And I appreciate that he also said, like, he didn't throw Nash into the bus because he shouldn't. But he, at least to his credit, he's like, hey, you know, Nash got dealt this horrible hand. Like, it's Nash is good. Like, you know, so I, I don't think I would not do anything with Nash. I don't think it's like you're going to get like a better play caller in there and put in a bunch of zippy. Like, Quinn Siders, I could come in there and get him all running the. The wagon or the blender or whatever they call it—it's like that's not going to happen with these guys. And I think that was the part. I think I'll finish with this. That was the part that resonated with me. Is that in today's MBA, you can't just run kind of ISO, sort of just kind of you know, kind of very base stuff. Like you, you, you have to have like you have to have continuity. You have to have some continuity things that you do where you can kind of, like, help people get to the right spots and do the right things and help them get shots. And I think that's – like, they just didn't have that. They didn't do that, and and that's what – you know, when you run into a great
1: defense, it's, it's tough, man. Well, especially Ooh. if you don't build a roster in a context that allows for that, right? It's one thing that they'd surrounded Kyrie and KD with three shooters all the time, which conceivably – If Joe Harris doesn't get hurt, maybe then Simmons is the only non-offensive threat. It's a different environment if you have Curry, Simmons, you know, Harris, and the two stars. And it becomes a different environment where you do have a little bit more of a driving kick option where the Celtics don't just get to double off of Bruce Brown and Andre Drummond or Nick Claxton, right? All of a sudden you have two, you know, non-factors offensively. I mean, Brown did some things, but you know, almost by design, right? Like if Bruce Brown's taking 18 shots a game, you're, you're going to feel pretty good about your defensive game plan at that point. And so I, you know, I I think you you hit him the nail on the head, though. At the end of the day, Durant gets to decide how this goes. And, and, you know, I don't have a ton of hope for the fact that like this will change in a positive manner, just because the way he's spoken of these things, you know, how basketball is not all that he is not everything he cares about. And, 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 and to a certain degree, that's like a healthy life perspective. And also, For the trajectory of the Nets and maybe Joe's ultimate goals of winning a championship, it may not translate to exactly what he wants.
0: And I'll just add with Kyrie that uh, Boston fans would be happy to remind everyone that this was not Kyrie's first disappearing act, (laughs) um, as we remember from a few years ago. Uh, Big story, though, uh, of week two of the playoffs has been the number of star players who have been going down. Devin Booker, of course, with the Suns. Chris Middleton of the Bucks are likely going to miss multiple weeks with injuries, which is, as we've talked about, is making us question the popular pick of Suns versus Bucks as the finals matchup or rematchup. Uh, although the question now is whether the Suns will get past the Pelicans in the first round. Whoa. A question we did not see coming a month ago. And, uh, and we'll also be wondering which Pelican is going to beat up Chris Paul. Um, get, get Alvarado, it, it Alvarado. Take, Alvarado. take a take a number yeah <laughs> actually did you see uh what what ingram said yeah
2: today? yeah we can take this <laughs> he take this out back yeah, yeah, he, was, he was serious ingram, about that that was no ingram said I,
1: well i think ingram said i beat his ass a couple of years ago i'll beat it again because yeah. you see the clip when he was the, at Laker, the, lakers, the lakers they got into yeah. it the first lebron year oh, okay. yeah what was he, he punched him rondo in the face or something yeah it was the rondo paul fight Oh, that's and, right. Okay. And he came. He and he he came out of nowhere and punched Paul in the face.
2: I mean, do you, do you guys? Know, can you guys tell like which of the NBA guys are real tough? Like we know Jokic is because his brother. We know, we get Jokic, but like yeah. the average NBA guy, can you tell? Like if you had told me before all this stuff, the last couple of games that Brandon Ingram was a real tough guy, I would have no. I would have no idea. Like he went to Duke. He doesn't seem to be like the like he seems a little soft sometimes in his game. He shoots a lot of pull ups. Like. But he is this all brought up like that. I forgot that like background he had with them. Like that was a serious statement. Like he he's he's not a Jimmy Butler. I I don't know who are the Jimmy Butlers and who are the Ingrams? I can't tell.
0: (laughs) It's been harder to perceive since like the mid
1: 90s. Right. When you can't fight in the the, garden. Yeah. Well, the
0: Pistons, it was like everybody on their team. It was Mahorn land here yeah. like no one questioned that and then now sally the was,
2: sally point. was a little bit of a sally so yeah, you know? yeah yeah a little sally that's, that's okay. isn't that how <laughs> no, that was no offense, no offense yeah. yeah 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 <laughs> well when obvious, i found out okay
1: oh, i'll just say this when i found out that ingram's mentor was jerry stackhouse and they were both from kinston north carolina i was like okay that makes more sense because stackhouse is one of those legendary like badasses in Don't the league that just yeah. the guy you didn't mess with
2: but I like your point, D. It's, it's like it's like we we knew up until about the mid '90s, and like yeah, before then it was like okay, you don't cross this guy, this yeah. guy. But now it's like, I don't know. But
0: sometimes it, until it comes to a head, you just never know. Like we never knew how tough Nolan Ryan really was until Roger Ventura <laughs> tried to <laughs> just attack plowed, her on the mound, right? <laughs> like there'd be exceptions. Kobe would probably be an exception to that. I mean, he wasn't someone that would would often get in fights, but. You, he, you know, he wouldn't back down from anybody. But then, and then, you know, Charles Oakley type enforcers. But yeah, it's uh, been harder to discern these days.
2: Yeah, I was just surprised. I mean, it's been fun to see Ingram play and how how well he's played. I mean, he he his ability to hit tough shots is. I mean, he he is incredible. And I and I I, I it you know my powers of prognostication have been lacking this year. But I did. You know, the, the, the weakness of the Suns in that Bridges is an amazing defender, but he's an amazing defender of, like, point guards and smaller mm-hmm. two guards. Yeah. Um, you know, the sort of, I think, Zach Lowe calls them the apex predator wings, the big 6'9 guys who can just shoot over anybody. Like, he can't do anything about that. No. Like, like like Like, I think... Ingram was calling like he wanted him, you know, I mean, (laughs) I don't know. I mean, what's what's tougher to call Chris Paul out or to call up the defensive player of the year (laughs) and say, I want you one-on-one like like Ingram is out for blood, man. He's not messing around. It's great to see. It's great to see these guys get in the playoffs and their their true colors shine. But it, it it does go back to the fact that these, the things that scouts and teams think are important, uh, you know, uh, athletic ability, length, like the things that sometimes you go, hey, are we selling jeans here? Let's get the productive players. It's like if you have two guys that are similarly talented, having the person who's like 6'10 and has like a 7'3 <laughs> wingspan um, and can like jump out of the – like that actually – when you get down to like the yeah. very like brass tacks, that actually matters. And I think – That's a good point. And that was what we talked about with the Bucks and the Suns is that in the end, like Giannis and Drew Holiday are like – and Middleton is really big. Like, he's not super athletic, but he's really a big, like, 6'9", small forward, and he can shoot over people. But the other two guys are just, like, off the charts athletic ability and size and strength and jumping and quickness, and they just overwhelmed, like, the Suns. Like, the Suns – I mean, Ayton was the only guy who could sort of hang with them, but, you know, it was just it was just over. So, I, I it's, it's interesting seeing Ingram, because I was not a believer, and I just didn't really – I didn't really get it but then now you see him and you're like oh he has like some durant it's like kind of like bucket getter like he's just like like don't make him do anything like just have him like like he can just kind of do his thing and like when you need a basket give him the ball I'll just get let him do his thing and just don't don't worry about it i mean it's it's just fun to see these guys step up and see them flash and just be like wow there's some there's some fun stuff going on
0: absolutely well said all right, uh, going to keep moving around the league here. Joel Embiid is banged up, and somehow from the 100 times he's fallen to the floor in the last two weeks, Stop. it's it's only his finger that's injured
2: love you should start pete newell had the big man camp forever i think he did it in hawaii and like all the you know kiki vanderway went over there and learned how to reverse pivot you know dude baby hooks i think you should do a don't falling camp <laughs> you should just teach all these big guys like how do you play basketball without falling <laughs> you know it's sort of like people have figured out you shouldn't foul like if you can play basketball without fouling that's actually a really yes. effective defensive strategy Play without fouling. You can have you can have Davis. You have Embiid. You can have Zion. You know I mean, Yao, Yao Ming can give like the halftime lecture about all the things he did wrong and what he wished he had known, well, known.
0: I mean, everyone talks about everything we've learned about the modern athlete and sports science, nutrition. You eat well. Make sure you're sleeping <laughs> properly. You get your massages. You, you you take you know the right the right you know everything. But why don't we just add that to the list? Because yeah. uh, there's a clear correlation there with the guys whose careers have been short-lived because of how many times they fall to the floor. And it's I, an accumulation. It, it it takes its toll.
2: Yeah. No, and I could be a counselor. I could really kind of take just a one-on-one teaching. Like, look, guys, if you never leave the floor, you're never going to fall. Okay? Like, that's, <laughs> that's part of the here. Stop <laughs> jumping and trying to block shots. It's not work. Oh, wait. No, that's... <laughs>
0: That'd be Bill Russell would you know have a few tricks of the trade on that one you know like yeah. you don't throw your whole body at blocking a yeah. shot you don't yeah. want you don't need to knock it into the tenth row no You're right try to it's knock a, it up in yes. the air
2: right it's the next level up from don't block the shot out of bounds like keep yes. it in bounds but also yeah. don't fall after you block it
0: yeah
1: <laughs> I think pa- I think Patrick Ewan would be the patron saint of this camp like he'd be on the you'd be on the uh, knee pads and all on his t-shirts <laughs> that's <Right>. true. <laughs> The first,
2: the, first, the first opening speech is just taking the knee pads and throwing them away. You don't need these here
1: anymore.
0: <laughs> All right, guys, uh, we, we mentioned them here, but the Warriors fell just a little short and missed the opportunity to sweep the Nuggets, uh, even though they had a great contribution from backup point guard Stephen Curry. <laughs> 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 Still doing that. Oh my God! Now they finally got a loss. They're going to insert it back into the starting line. It's, it's like, what well, are we going
1: to D D what do you think of the strategy of drawing up an inbounds play on the last play of the game, showing it to your opponent and then trying to run it just with the idea that you can out execute your opponent. What did you, what'd you think of that strategy? Which,
0: which The Joker called out, right? Everybody's <laughs> not coming.
1: <laughs> it's like when you're playing your little brother and you're like, I'm going to go left. I'm going to cross over. I'm going to go right. And then I'm going to dunk on your head. Yeah. And then you do it, right? That's right. What, I think Kerr Kerr was thinking that the whole time. Yeah. I, I think he I think Kerr's
2: just trying to see how far it's it's like it's like the bet from trading places, it's only a dollar. <laughs> but Phil Jackson bet him and he said, "What? Like how far do you have to go?" to get Steph Curry to pull a Pippen and just storm <laughs> off because he did it. It's like, no, he called a lob out of border lob <laughs> instead of throwing it to like one of the best players of all time, like the greatest shooter ever <laughs> to give him the ball. It's like, no, I'm going to give it to KU coach. And it's yeah. like, I just picture Steve calling Phil out. I, I can't believe, I thought this was going to do it, Phil. I thought Steph was going to snap. <laughs> it's just like, you reminds me the Dana Carvey sketch back in the day. of like, you know, Christopher Darden being so calm and respectful <laughs> and during, <dirty laughs> and then at home at night just snapping. Like, what funny. is Steph saying at home, man? Yeah. I just, oh,
0: well, it reminded me when you know people were joking about. Well, I was listening to a podcast about the movie Hoosiers, and there was a joke about whether Gene Hackman was actually a good coach because in the championship game. He initially did not draw up the final play for Jimmy, right? He was trying to use him as a decoy. And all the players were like, Wait, what are you doing here? (laughs) All right, all right, I stay corrected. That's true.
2: That's true. And that
0: that reminds me of the, you know, I'm gonna do this and do that, call your shot. I think it was Xavier McDaniels who who told the story about how Larry Bird did that once where he, you know, was literally like, I'm gonna I'm gonna dribble to left, step back, shoot it right in your face and you know, don't bother (laughs) looking and stuff (laughs) that Maybe Curry heard that story too much too. I don't know.
2: I don't know, man. I just I mean I mean, can you think of a comparison where you played five playoff games and he's clearly the best player, by the way. I mean, it's not yeah. even close. Like he comes in and everything changes. It's just what I don't
1: I think Kevin Durant agrees with that. <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean I mean Charles Barkley agrees with that. It's it's I just don't, I just don't, he, I just don't understand. I, I I. think reading some of the books about the Warriors, I, I just think it's because Steph was not, like the, the regime took over, like Lacob like and Myers, and they brought in Kerr, and Steph was not where he got. Like he kind of, he grew there, right? And so they kind of, they knew him once. It's sort of like, you know, a prophet doesn't have respect when they're in a hometown. It's like they just have this disrespect for him. And he's so he's so team oriented and he's so willing to buy into everything that they're
1: just taking advantage of him. He's going to snap. It seems like to me that it's just they take him for granted. Yeah. They they don't necessarily not respect him. It's like they almost respect him so much that they they're willing to sort of go, you know what? Steph will be fine. He's he'll go with the flow. We're going to throw the lob to Wiggins and let Austin rivers deflect it for the win. Yeah. It's just, it's oh, we you know, instead of ruffling the uh, draymond pool clay feathers because it's all a bunch of sensitive guys because you know they're all a little insecure in their own egos like we all are, we're just going to keep Curry on the bench and we'll play him thirty eight minutes a game, but we're gonna we're gonna start on the bench like it's but it's just wild to me that they won't he won't do what needs to be done. I mean that's the you know yeah. the, that's that that's the question here. They just take advantage of of his, you know charity in a lot of ways and his willingness to be flexible yeah
2: he's like the good son it's just like it's just like it's like curtis yeah you're totally right he doesn't want to disappoint you know, P- Wiggins or Poole and so or Clay even and it's it's like well I'll just like Steph will be fine with it and yeah we it, it makes it easier to man like the argument is it makes it easier for him to manage his minutes because then he just can just play he comes off the bench so he can finish the quarters and finish the games more easily it's like S- Steve what was your job again like what is your one job it's to like manage the minutes and substitute like that's really all you're required to do do you really need to bring him off the bench to do your job for you. So- I- I didn't
0: know if it was just like, we've got, we've got, uh, you know, pool just rolling. So we just want to ride that hot hand and not mess with that until uh, things start to go south. So I was wondering now that they finally lost, maybe they will uh, make a change and get him back at the start of the lineup, but.
2: Yeah, it's like we'll but it's the same it's like it's one thing to do that for Kevin Durant but to do it for Jordan Poole is a little much. It's a little <laughs> much. I mean, it's just like I mean and I I think you're right, Michael. I think Draymond has that perspective where he just like he gets how great Steph is and he like but he understands he's all about winning and like there's like I feel like that's true of him. I just don't know if the other guys if it is, they just have something that holds them back, I think. It's 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 really bizarre. Um it it, it and Draymond better have respect for him because Draymond makes their offense like 10 times more complicated because he can't shoot or score. I mean, it's like, what? look at this amazing offense, the handoffs. He's a great in the four on three. It's it's, it's because he can't shoot or like do normal offensive things. He's just like zipping passes left and right because the windows, it's like a quarterback who's not mobile. It's like he has to throw yeah. in these tiny windows because right. he can't buy any time. And it's like, look at that accuracy wasn't so accurate when he nailed clay in the head though. So, has, so. Yeah. You ever notice he like starts
0: to take a, like a jab step, like he's going to go to the basket and then very, very quickly moves out. <laughs> it's like, no one's to. buying that
2: anymore. And he wasn't, he didn't used to be that way. Oh, uh, If only Luke Walton was still coaching. Him, be, <laughs> be I don't know. Well, we,
0: it's,
1: yeah, it's just, yeah.
0: We wish I, Cur- I, Curry well and working his way back into the starting lineup. Uh, so no, I, I am no.
1: curious, guys. I mean, where do you guys fall with Golden State's performance so far? Obviously, you know they, they they whether it's fast five or whatever we want to call this this lineup, you know they they are rolling. Even losing in Game Four, it, they seem to have found something that they can really defend. And then they're just they have that. They seem to have recaptured that component that even the pre Durant Warriors had, like the the original Death Lineup, where it was just. You know, there was at no point in that fourth quarter against Denver did I think Golden State was you know, gonna yeah. at least either tie it or or win. Like it was just I was like, Oh, the avalanche is coming, and then all of a sudden it was like eight, and then it would get to five, and then it would get back to eight, and then all of a sudden they were tied, and you're like, Okay, this is what this is kind of what you expected when you have you know, every like every like weird bounce that seemed to end up in Clay Thompson's hands, you have Curry doing Curry things, you know, it's just it's just amazing. That they've been able to find the magic again i mean is that where do you guys find yourself with golden state i mean phoenix is struggling the entire east is in a little bit of disarray i mean what's the what, what's what's the recipe here is golden state the favorite to come out of the west now
0: well, i think the biggest thing might just be that they're winning the war of attrition right now yep
1: <laughs> i mean yeah, they're playing, like knock they're on playing wood. Great. No, they no do look,
0: they do they do look really good so I mean, my reaction to that is that I think right now they're probably going to be the—I would consider them the front runner uh, to to win it all. Uh, but we've we're going to see a lot when they get tested against, uh, you know, likely Memphis in in the second round. But what do you think, Ryan? You buying or selling on Warriors?
2: Oh yeah, I mean, among the West, definitely. I mean, Denver is. Really, really bad. Like the <laughs> non-Jokic players are horrible. Like, like, like I don't even know. Like Will Barton hit that three to you know clinch the game, but he is not. Like, there's just not very many guys that have positive. They don't do much positive offensively or defensively. Really, I mean, they're just getting like worked. So, and, and they and they've, you know, they the Nuggets even when before Murray was got hurt. I mean, and part of it is is Jokic isn't great in the pick and roll, right? I mean, and if he can't play kind of a standard drop he, he's not first of all he's not obviously a Draymond type defender so um but they just get tor- they got torched every series they've had right i mean there's like the blazer series they've had over the last couple of years <laughs> they just got destroyed by lillard and mccullough like there's all like they can't defend perimeter guys so i i just i do wonder um like it'll be interesting to see them you know play someone different but it's not you know there's a pathway where they really don't have to like i mean the the Memphis, Minnesota, we'll, we'll talk about it, but it, it's like, it's just kind of a messy series and they just kind of seem, it just feels like a team that like, like if they play that Golden State lineup, they're just going to like make some mistakes, at least Minnesota for sure. and But even Memphis just kind of seems discombobulated and it just feels like they could easily get like, you know, two or three runs a game, just hitting like three threes because they're not like totally locked in and engaged. And so, um, and obviously with Phoenix, in a, in a dog fight and, and kind of seeing, I mean, it's just, I mean, is Dallas, their biggest concern right now. If, if with Donch coming back and kind of finding like they're going to play small, they're fine playing small. They don't, they don't really care about that. Like they can go after Donch in the pick and roll and like they can, they can attack people, but like they can switch everything. They kind of know how to play that sort of defense. They can play like a five out team too. They like doing that you know, Maxi Kleiber's sort of, he's not a Draymond, but he's kind of a weird, like play perimeter offense kind of at least do some interior defense. So it's interesting. I, I would just be most concerned about them is like, and it's obviously very long Is trying to play a team like Boston who has like, like could switch everything and is like, so physical, like what they did at the nets. I just, I mean, I just feel like that lineup will be not only will like they be able to stand up against that, that the, the fast five lineup that, they will destroy that that fast five lineup on offense. Like they will just they will just like who's gonna guard Tatum? <laughs> it's like, I mean, Wiggett. I mean, it's just I just feel like I would just be really scared of Boston. But that's a good thing. If you're scared of like the the looks like the toughest team in the other conference. So I feel like they have a great road to the finals. And it, for me it all comes back to Steph. I mean, he and Draymond, I I just feel like Shame on being fully engaged and healthy on defense. I mean, that, I mean, I am pulling for Jokic, like, again, more than I ever thought I would be. Just wanted to be like, I was like, that game three, I was like, okay, here we go. He's like 38 and 17. He's like playing hard and great. And then he goes for the post and just gets ripped by Draymond. I'm just like, boom, 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 <laughs> It's like, oh man, here we go. Cue up the, uh, you know, no tech Ben tweets coming right now. Um Somehow, I mean, no. No tech pen said he'd rather have Draymond than Jokic for a, play, on a play, rather have a defensive center than an offensive. I was like, uh, I don't know. I think everyone. That's an interesting point, though, right? I mean, to a yeah, certain no. degree.
1: Is does he yeah. have fundamental limitations that are unlike schemable? Does Jokic? No, I mean, he, and, no has... I'm curious about this. Like, like to let me let's expand on this. Like, does Jokic have these structural limitations, particularly around? The modern NBA game that is so guard and wing dominated where you kind of hunt mismatches and you play pick and roll basketball that it's it's it can't be overcome, at least in a in a long outstanding way for for a player like Jokic to really persevere in the playoffs. Or is there is there schemes around it? I mean, you wonder if like does, does Nowitzki have the same career he had? if he's playing more in the modern era than he did 15 years ago. And, and, and I'm curious the the second part of this, and I asked this question to you guys earlier, is like why is Jokic getting this slander that he's getting as a two-time MVP getting, you know, nearly gentleman's sweep, probably in the first round, you know, back-to-back performances, whereas Durant is, is basically getting a pass for playing with, a better supporting cast. I mean, I think objectively, the Nets have a better supporting cast than the Nuggets, and they're both playing the favorites in their respective conferences. And instead, Jokic gets totally slandered, and Durant gets a total pass for for his failure to perform in a, in large parts. I mean, what's what is it? What, what's the what do you what's your read there, Rye, as the as the resident Jokic defender?
2: Um yeah. I mean, I think. Well, I think it's funny because, again, Giannis just won a title by the hair of his chinny-chin-chin. So I think I love Giannis. I think he's amazing. But I think, you know, if Durant has a size 15 shoe instead of size 17, like Giannis is still looking for his first title. And it's not looking too good because they they barely won 50 games or didn't win 50 games this year. So, you know, it's not like he set the world on fire, uh, even though he's incredible. So I would just kind of, you know, Ben Thompson maybe should, you know, Spend some more time evaluating Elon Musk's, you know, strategy for Twitter, and less <laughs> kind of, you know, um, obsessing over Giannis not winning his third MVP. Uh, but I, I, I think, um, I think Jokic, I think you have to build around your guy. I think you have to figure out like what you what you do, and you say, okay, we have this guy now. If you have LeBron, if you have even Giannis, it's like a simpler it's a simpler build because they don't have they, they're two way players in a way that you can't really like take advantage of. So that's that's a that's an advantage. That's better. I'd rather have one of those type of guys that'd be easier to build around. But at the same time, you can build around them. It's just the problem is this Nuggets team has no it, it makes no sense. Like he paid a lot of money for Will Barton and Monte Morris. They're paying they're paying real money. Like they're like combined for like almost twenty million bucks. Like that's not nothing and they they're mediocre. They're replacement level. Aaron Gordon is not there. So I I would say you can still like a Nowitzki, a, a Jokic can still win the title. But again, if Jokic had Middleton, he had Drew Holiday like Dean up, you know Steph Curry right now and just kind of all over him or Mikhail Bridges or like some defensive oriented people around him that could kind of like help with that or a you know, Giannis didn't, you know, things clicked in part because they got rid of Jason Kidd as their coach, but also because they got Brooke Lopez who could take over like the rim protection duties. And so Giannis just freelances on defense. He doesn't do anything. He has like, no responsibility. I mean, it's a ma- he's an incredible defensive player, but he has no, he can just kind of like run around because he doesn't have to guard anybody. And so I think getting, getting Jokic the guys he needs around them, I think that's, that's the answer. I'm totally comfortable because I, I would rather. I, the thing that Jokic can do that Jonas can't is, you know, Jokic can have a top three offense by himself. So, again, it's like it's harder to build a championship around him than Giannis because Jonas is amazing. I mean, he's like the greatest player of the generation, like this, this micro generation right now. I would definitely say he's better than Jokic. I mean, it's very close, but I would say I don't think he should win the MVP this year. But I think similar to like LeBron. For his era, it's like it's. He's always the guy right there. If he's not the guy, and so I just think, you know, how do you build around that? If you just again, I just gave him Drew Holiday and Milton, even more than Porter Jr. and Murray. Like that, those are not those are not good matches for him. Like he doesn't need what those guys can do. He doesn't need guys who. He needs some guys who can play defense. Like they should. Like they should look at the Mavericks and go get the equivalents of Tyson Chandler and Jason Kidd and Sean Marion and get All he needs is like his equivalent of Jason Terry. He just needs like kind of a guy who's good, but not amazing who can score off of him like in his clutch. Like it, it doesn't need that much. It's just, you know, I'm, I'm anti Tim Conley. So that's the easiest defense I have for him, but I I'd prefer to have Giannis. I, I don't think there's anything to say that I'd rather have Giannis than Jokic. I, I wouldn't say it's like that big of a difference. But it's I would pick Giannis over him because he doesn't he's a two way player, but again he barely won a t- I mean he dominated, and he came back two out of win four two, so he totally earned it. There's no question about it. But like we're just so close to him, like you know not having Middleton, not having a title, trying to figure out how to get this going. Going into Boston, which is going to be like that's going to be a I mean. I am so excited for them to knock off Chicago and just see Giannis against Boston. Like, I love it. I hope Giannis does it. That'd be amazing. I'd be like so happy if Giannis could just kind of like just destroys them single handedly and just does it. <laughs> I mean, I would be like Giannis. Giannis. I love Giannis. He's amazing. I mean, come on, he's the greatest guy ever. So I'm, I'm team. I'm definitely team Giannis. I just don't. I just. I just kind of see the like. I don't know. Like again, Ben Thompson, his like, oh, it's Mike' Tratization. It's like. Well, Mike Trout is the best player in baseball. Like I don't think I don't. I, I guess it's like if you're trying to make like uh, historical arguments, like if you you know if Ben Thompson writes his book of basketball in 20 years, like you know who's MVP matters. Is this kind of the Bill Simmons who's the MVP matters or like historically? But it's like Mike Trout is the best player in baseball. Like, he legitimately, is the best player in baseball. So. I think the best player of baseball should be like in the conversation for MVP every year. No, he may not get it because his team sucks, but he still should be in the conversation. And like, if another guy better than him has a much better team year, then he should get it. But if his, his this other guy has a team that only wins like three more games and kind of looks crappy a lot of the year, then I think they should chill out a little bit and relax and maybe kind of you know go for it again next year.
1: Well and I think you're fair in like the individual M V P conversation. It's certainly true. I, I probably would push back on the concept that it's that they're pretty similar, it's like pretty close. I, I actually think that margin is larger simply because of the flexibility that a player like Giannis at this point in his career provides. Whereas there's a, pretty, there's a pretty rigid model that you have to build around Jokic to be a really competitive winning team. I don't think they have the recipe right now. I mean, Porter Jr. wasn't playing 18 months ago because he couldn't defend. And then he decided to become one of the better shooters in the NBA. He played a lot. And he got his max deal, and now he's hurt. But like when he comes back, if he comes back, he's still going to be a phenomenal shooter. But it's like it's it's the rich get richer on that end of the court, whereas defensively they have that issue, and so I think that that difference between a player like Jokic and a player like Giannis, not having that flexibility, is a pretty big you know detractor to what the future holds. That, that's again, that's yeah, most get, players have limitations that way. I might, so it's like, I mean, what are you supposed to say?
2: Yeah, I mean, if there's a gap, if it's a more sizable gap, like you're saying. I think it's more like LeBron Steph from five years ago, like Gian, Giannis. Yo, sure. That's great. That's a, that's a perfect, it's, it's like perfect. Ad- oh great. yeah. You could go after Curry and the, like the double, you can like hunt Curry and like, he's not a plus defender. He's okay. He kind of gets by, he still gets lots of steals, but like actually the, the, uh, um, quantitative stats really like him think he's really good, but the eye test is like, Oh, he could be taken advantage of and look Kyrie hit that shot over him and Oh, whoa, whoa. But it's like, yeah, you give him clay Thompson, and on green, like, they're going to be good. <laughs> so it's just, yeah. I just feel like, and Giannis got his two guys. Like I think yeah. Giannis is special. And I think this is, Giannis is the best player. Like he's the best player in the league. Like I, I definitely like, I think he can beat Boston and I'm like, so excited to see that. And I, would, again, I can't say it enough times. Like that makes me, I'm most fired up about that than anything else in the playoffs is right now. It's just to see him. I mean, like the Pelicans are fun. Like It's been great. It's so fun, but just seeing Giannis just try and like attack that wall and just see what he can do against it. It's just going to be, I mean, it's going to be a one man show. I mean, it's going to be tough. And his sporting cast is not, I mean, it's, it's not Denver level yet, but it, like, if, if holiday goes out, it's getting there pretty fast, man. Cause <laughs> Grayson and Allen and such. So, but yeah, I just think, I think Jokic is like, he's a little bit like Curry. He's hard. So I think when people are saying, Oh, it's Nash, he's like Nash. And we're looking back at Nash, She's like, he's not like Nash. He's like, he's like Curry. Like he is like, you know, he's incredible. And I think those numbers tell us something important, but yeah, I, if if you were like, I need to start a team, do I pick Giannis or Jokic? I'd pick Giannis for sure. I I don't think the difference is as big as you're saying, but I think it's like an automatic pick. (laughs) You know, I don't think. Yeah.
1: Big enough that it's obvious. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Remember how well uh, Toronto built that wall against
0: Giannis uh, two or three, three years ago.
2: There you
1: go.
0: We forgot about, we forget about that because uh, recent memory is him winning a championship. Well,
2: and that's the hard part is that at Phoenix, like, who did he? Who did he beat? Right. I mean, he he beat the Nets, who had Blake Griffin was guarding him. Okay, that's not. I mean, and then he goes to Atlanta, and it's like John Call – I mean, it's like that team is not like built. That's not a great defense. Right, right. Some Capella maybe, and I think Capella is incredibly overrated. Like I don't. I, he's okay, but like that's not. And then it's Aiton. And a bunch of like non-athletic guys. Like there, there was just no, I mean, yeah. so it's, to your point, D, like this is going to be like that Miami series and that Toronto series where it's like these guys are like athletic and going to like coming in waves at him. So that's why I'm like so excited. It's like,
1: well, and Horford is the OG line builder from like four or five years ago when Giannis came on the scene as sort of the the, the freight train. And it was like Brad Stevens build the wall. And like, I have the, I have the literal Giannis stopper and Al Horford. I mean, Al Horford signed with the Philadelphia 76ers under the premise that between Embiid and Horford, they would have like 48 minutes of defense for Giannis. I mean, that was that was the point three years ago. Which <laughs>
2: did they let Jimmy go to get him? Was that their Jimmy replacement? I think it was, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I
1: think in lieu of, uh, you know, they were appeasing Ben Simmons, but...
0: Sticking sticking with this this theme of uh, the stars aligning for Giannis, that's a really good point. The 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 matchups was a big star aligning, the Durant missing that 3, four, three pointer by you know millimeters or whatever, in round two. And then him surviving the, uh, the near injury against it. Was it Atlanta? The hyper, extension, yeah, right? Those, those three things were kind of mini, mini miracles. All in the and summer.
2: the the Hawks are like, are the worst conference finalists since, I don't know when, I mean, it, it, they, they were not, that was not a serious, Trey
1: Young is amazing, but that the was the blazers. Not,
2: but, yeah. Well, they I, were, just, I guess that's I mean, fair. We, yeah.
1: Cole, before we get too far down the path of like, yeah, you know, it's all sort of luck at the end of the day. I mean, you could play the same game with like Tom Brady, who's the goat football player of all time. Like there's I mean, I think like uh, I nine, mean, after nine or, tw- tw- or 10, tw- I, I, 28, I, I, 28 to three was like the most improbable comeback. You have the Seahawks championship. Right. I mean, I it's know. like. They the, were all, the two giant the two giants losses were pretty exactly pretty but great. it's like wild that like 7 or 8 of his No I agree I agree he, we're he, all on the razor's edge I mean yeah. so many of these I mean it, the Lakers winning the bubble title literally required Anthony Davis to have an out of con, out of body stretch of shooting for a month I mean it's just like no, I agree lots I just, of those outside unless you're like the KD I'm just Curry saying Jan, Warriors but, but
2: Giannis hasn't been a 10 finals like I mean that's the I, I feel like that's the difference it's like he would like, he had the path was set for him. He took advantage of it. And what he did, like, you've hit it, like The Matrix, he hit it. He read the numbers, the zeros and ones, and just went crazy. So that's why I'm psyched because I'm like, he's actually going to have a challenge. Because Aiden was kind of a challenge, but they had no one else who could do anything with him at all. And and most teams don't because he's so incredible. And so I just, I do just, to your point, yeah, I like that point. is like, when he's run into teams that can throw, like, a bunch of guys at him. And, and, and we got to give, you know, Brad Stevens, man. I mean, got to give Yudoka credit. I love, I don't know. I, you guys saw that tweet I sent around that someone put, right? Where they like, yeah. <laughs> put Griffin on you. Like, I just, that is to you, is Yudoka. Like, it's just, I think that actually is how he, like, all that stuff he was talking to them in the, it's like Yudoka carries himself like, like, can you imagine if he was, like, actually had two MVPs like Steve Nash, how he would coach? Because <laughs> it's like he was like a role player who, who uh, had a good career, but, uh, you know, wasn't that long. <laughs> he's just, like, clowning his guys left and right. It's just like – I'm telling you, man. It's like the Neil Long. It's the Neil Long, dude. The guy doesn't lack confidence, obviously. So
1: Oh, he's it's, shooting his shot. I yeah. mean, the great thing is, is – you know, his guys were just young enough that he could definitely bring it. Like, I would actually be fascinated to see a guy like what his career looks like. And if he ever finds himself in a circumstance where, you know, he he has sort of built in stars. Like he has, like, could he do he it go, with the net? Could he do it with the nets? Could, could, could he, he go fulfill? Net? could he stay with yeah, the nets and done it exactly. with
2: them? Like would it have worked? There was yeah. a great video where, um, after they got the gold medal, I like think Yudoka was – was Yudoka maybe working with Pop on the staff maybe? But he they were all there. Patty Mills was there, and there was a video about Durant like talking trash about how they were going to beat the Celtics and stuff with Yudoka going there. But it's like – yeah, Yudoka. But Brad Stevens, I mean – and also making the move, which he gave that weird like sw- swap, top one predicted swap in like 2026 or something, which always is like gives me anxiety when you make a trade. But the trade with the Spurs – And then to get Daniel Tice as well, like he 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 definitely like he he knew what the problems were with his team. Let's put it that way, you know. He was like, "I'm the pro, I'm a problem. (laughs) Let me get you Doka in here, and like we got to figure this out." And then to get that sort of depth where they have the depth on the wing, they have the depth, they have big guys. I mean, they have like a crew, man. And and obviously, it starts with the stars and with Smart and I mean Tatum Brown and Smart and all but, that they're uh, doing but with, it's
0: with the it's, coaching factor you know I've heard it said it, a team takes on the characteristics of its leader and yeah. they, they seem to be following him and taking on no
2: Utokas no I swear I love that I love that meme again maybe it was just like him like standing behind like Jalen Brown Jalen Brown was totally locked in and like Utokas like whispering in his ear and it's like they don't believe in you man they got Blake Griffin on you what are you gonna do about it <laughs> it's just like oh man <laughs> <laughs> you know, see <laughs>
1: Just I, mean, it's, I just, you know, it's been talked about a lot. At, at, I've criticized Jason Tatum for being sort of the much belly star that like got too much credit before it was due because he had some special moments, right? He was in the conference finals, three of his first four years in the league. They had these really unique runs, even going back to the it years. And he always kind of felt like it was a little bit premature and to see a guy now make, this extra leap. Like, I mean, he's oh, it's now, the best. It's the best. he's now, he's now on a, like a quick, on a, like definitely a top, you know, eight to 10 guy in the league where it was, I think he's often been talked about and he's one of the guys where you go, oh, he's top 10. And then when you do the numbers, he's actually like top 20. I think he's now like in the conversation of that top eight to 10, because it is, this, what he's able to do both defensively and offensively, the way he's able to get buckets, the way he gets rolling at times, and just the way he kind of sets the tone. I mean, that team, there's a lot of strong personalities, but he seems to be a guy who's contributing to that now in a way that that provides a lot of leadership that I don't think at times he's, he's had as much in the past. So it's been, it's, uh, you know, you know Boston's back, man. It's, I was a little skeptical of their, their run, even though all the metrics suggested they were like the most dominant team and watch them absolutely just handle the nets. I mean, just to give Durant fits, like, over and over again. You know, they they are certainly um, – you have more confidence in Giannis than I do because I'm pretty concerned about that second-round matchup.
2: Oh, no, I'm, I'm not saying, like, maybe I overstay. I I, I I think Boston's the favorite. I'm just saying I, I just like the idea of Giannis just trying – I mean, I don't know. There's like a – is there a meme with – Maybe it's a game. I didn't ever watch Game of Thrones, but there's like a bunch of like soldiers and horses like charging this dude. He just whips his sword out from its sheath. Yeah, Jon like, Snow. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just like, I was, I love that meme, not even knowing the context. And I'm like, that reminds me of Giannis right now. Just going to be like, all these dudes just coming at him and just going to see what he can do. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I really like Boston. Ch- I mean, and, and can, I was wondering, can you guys remember a team that's done what they've done where they were screwed? Sc- like scraping by like they were scuffling for like months and we were like laughing about the Yadoka. We were laughing at D love. Yeah. We we give you a hard time. And then the end it's, you're usually right. So it's like, I think it's, yeah, no, but (laughs) Yadoka, I mean, I, I'm sorry. Like you see Taylor Jenkins, uh, Taylor Jenkins had a great, a great year. Um, but if I'm the bucks, I'm honestly worried about, um, you know, Buddenholzer's ability or Budenholzer's ability to like adapt to what Boston's doing and kind of like be creative. Um, I mean, you do, they have something they're doing, but I feel like Yudoka is like, he, like you're saying he has like his guys do. I mean, it is to get, not only to get Tatum to do that, but to get smart, to do that, like where he is like, it's like they're being their best selves. It's crazy. I mean, it's just so fun. Like I just, I love basketball that this stuff happens. I mean, it happens in baseball sometimes too. Like it's the whole Billy being like the first of the season, you see what your team's like. The second, third, you kind of mix and match and make some trades and sign some guys. And then the last third, they roll and, you know, teams can kind of come together and, in a different way. But I feel like the NBA like is, is, is special this way that they could, but have you, can you guys think of other teams that have done it to this level? With uh, it? They're the favorite right now. The, I mean, right. I mean, they're yeah. The favorite. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. The only historical example I can think of is the aforementioned Gene Hackman's Hoosiers. Team. <laughs> 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 was <the> best. <laughs> I was
2: trying to search all sports too. just tell like you, don't football. Don't sign Don't call the last play in the finals for uh, Marcus smarts. Give it to Tatum. Get out of the way. <laughs> Give it to Jimmy. I'll make the, the, it. I'll the, make a coach.
0: The uh, first Patriots uh, Super Bowl team. Oh, that's. Yeah. You know, I think they were 0-3 and lost their quarterback and. six rounder or whatever. Fifth rounder from Michigan came in. I don't know.
1: Is that Drew Henson? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that book. That bi- I think I mentioned it a few pods ago, but that biography of. It's not a biography, but it's, a, it's the story of you know, Brady and Belichick and the Patriots and Kraft and stuff. And I've just kind of like still have some more ways to go in it, but just kind of going back through that period of time and just how like, and I know how like unlikely it was that that was going to happen, but there's just this great context. Like I said, like Mike Riley, the former Oregon state coach was at USC, tried to recruit Brady to come to USC, but then like John Robinson, the head coach decided not to like honor the, um, the scholarship offer. So Riley like f- flew to see Brady and his family and told him in person, like he loved Brady. And then like he got, he was the head coach of the chargers when, um, uh, Brady was, came out in the draft and he like convinced Bobby Beathard, his like GM to like draft. He's like, please draft him like the fifth what? round. Like he's my guy. <laughs> he's going to be great. Like, please. Like, I know you're in charge, but just give me this one pick, please get Brady. What? And Brady was there. I think he won the sixth round. I think to the Patriots, but like the fifth round, he was there for the Chargers. And like Riley thought they were going to take him, and Bethard like swung by, like, "Oh, I had to get this other guy. We'll get a quarterback later." <laughs> it's like, and then, and then, dear, like, but Riley is coaching against. He's coaching against Brady, um, for the Chargers during one of those games where they kind of started to piece it together. Um, and I always feel bad for Bledsoe because he was so. Mm. He was so good. And to yeah. get Wally Pipp like that, it's just gotta be like weird to be the number one pick of the draft. Be so good. Go Super
1: Bowl. And then that's your story. It's hard. Guys, I will say we've talked a lot of NBA so far. We've left, I think for me, two of the more fascinating series is, you know, out, out in the, uh, out in the ether so far. Oh yeah. So, I was going
0: to make fun of Chris Finch. <laughs> Do <Please. no>, Yes. <laughs> Please do.
1: <laughs>
0: We're going to recap the series a little. Well, the, the Timberwolves uh, bounce back from the uh, last week's Game 3 debacle to even the series. Timberwolves coach Chris Finch has learned his lesson after they had 20-plus <laughs> leads at multiple points of the game. He gave <laughs> assurance that he's moved the needle on consecutive points to allow an appointment. An I appoint- better write this earlier on. An opponent had before calling a timeout. I think it was 21 points. He's vowed to keep it under 20 before he calls a timeout next time. Sorry, I screwed up the, the, the setup there. But uh, And then I have the note that Carl Anthony Towns also vows to complain less and use his fouls more wisely and read the moment better.
1: So. <laughs> He's, like, the weirdest combination of, like, really effective player and also just has no idea what's going on half the time. Like, it just... The the amount of times he, he seemingly take you know does a take foul when he has three fouls in the second quarter or he like sticks his ass out on a screen or he like angrily charges through somebody just to prove a point and you're like my guy I need you playing thirty eight minutes a game not yeah. you know proving then- a point with your fouls yeah. it's it and meanwhile then he he'll hit like three jumpers in a row and like have this flailing drive for an and one and you know it's just it's it's that team is like. You know, the Timberwolves to me are bizarre because they're they're really capable, really talented, and also just they're not like any other NBA team I can remember. Like Towns is like this incredibly skilled big man, but has his own issues in terms of staying on the court. Edwards is like gonna be amazing, I think, but is still like a year away. He just kind of falls, he kind of floats at times and falls away. Kind of shoots fadeaway jumpers instead of going to the rack, and then you have guys like like D'Lo who just you know is like kind of, you know, in a role that's too big for his britches, but also then will hit these ridiculous shots at times too. It's like they just – they have Patrick Beverly calling ISOs for himself, trying to stop, like, these runs. It's just – it's like a team. <laughs> but then they simultaneously, like, should be up 3-1 in the series. Like, it's insane to me that they're playing the two seed, and, and they should – I mean, outside of they, – they blew – you know, I was watching that game on DVR, and when they got the second – then they had when I got to twenty-six the second in the third quarter, the second time they got up by twenty, I started fast forwarding. And I I kid you not, it was in a matter of four minutes. It went from a twenty-six point game to like a five point game. I was like, Wow, this this is the, like the inability to discard Desmond Bain, who's like the only reliable shooting threat on the entire Grizzlies roster. Like it's just they just lose him just regularly. Which can I say Desmond Bain has been a, a just illumination this this playoff so far. He's so fun to watch. I mean he's like he's it's like such a substantial contributing reason to why they're so good. And also when uh Taylor Jenkins got fined for criticizing the referees after game four, they the the players insinuated that they were gonna cover his fine from the NBA and Desmond Baines said said he wasn't gonna pay the fine for his coach. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, you gotta love those guys. You gotta love that. I love that Jake had said that there was arrogant refereeing. I was like, "That's a good one. I like it." Arrogant, make yourself the make yourself the center of attention. I don't know if you saw it too. I think this came out tonight, but um, Bane posted something where you know John Morant was announced the Most Improved Player Award winner, and. Uh, And it's a video of Bane walking into his kitchen. Oh yeah, I saw that. The Most Improved Player Award is there for him, and John Morant had it brought to his house for him. Nice. So it's like these guys are great. I love that. That's awesome. Come on, story. Feel good story. Come on, Bane's not paying his coach is fine. They're having so much fun. You know, we need more. We need more of that. Minnesota has a lot of drama. I mean, do you think? I mean, I mean, with Morant apparently injured at some, I mean, he's not his full self. I mean. How do they deal with Bane? I mean, is that something Beverly – I mean, do you think – do they have Beverly kind of – do you move off of Morant and just try and take Bane away just so they don't have that that shooting or that sort of outlet?
1: It sure seems like that's got to be a component here. But I, I, I really do think so much of Bane's game is sort of the, it's – it's got some clay to it. Where Yeah, it's clay. Like, he, I'd say the same he, thing. He moves yeah. and shoots and – he's willing to dribble a little bit more than clay is but i just I, I think they can if they have i mean anthony edwards has been guarding him some who's a, he's a nice defender but he just he's kind of a space case sometimes where he just sort of like no nah, gets wor- caught yeah. ball watching and all of a sudden you know it's it's gone and delo isn't going to do it either so th- i think the problem is their guard rotation is pretty limited in terms of who they can throw at someone like Bain. and i would be hesitant i think you no know, it was it came out right they did you know someone i think was had had kind of evaluated all of of uh, Jaws drives so far. And he's, he's consistently when he drives right, which I think the left knee is the knee that's troubling him. He like consistently kicks out and then he'll actually attack when he goes left because he can jump off his right leg. So It's there's clearly something going on there in terms of, you know, he missed the last dozen games or so of the season. And you're curious if what the, what the long lasting element is yeah, for this. He, for he falls player. to the floor too many times. <laughs> <laughs> D love camp.
2: I also just, I mean, yeah, Finch made um, there was a major error, and I love, I love that. <laughs> uh, but he's actually done a really nice job there, and I really like him and Nick Nurse because they have uh, experience coaching basketball in the United Kingdom. I think uh, Finch coached the Sheffield Sharks, and as someone who spent a little time in Northern Ireland about 20 years ago coaching, like you know, get, coaching basketball, it's it's fun seeing these guys kind of from the like the frontiers of, of basketball <laughs> in the world, like coming back and, and coaching this. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I mean, two, two, to your point, Michael could be three, one easily. Um, it'll be a fun, it's gonna be a fun environment in Memphis. All
0: right, guys. Uh, so, well you got something else, Michael?
1: Well, I just – it's so funny how the, both the Sun series and the Grizzlies series, I think they, they feel like they're sort of mirrors of each other because they're both 2-2, but Phoenix in the same way that I think Memphis, it's like if you don't have both – you know, game one, Phoenix really should have won and, and, and had control of it, but it did get tight late until Chris Paul just did Chris Paul things, right? And they lose game two with this awful transition defense particularly, which I think is a component in a number of these series – and then and then they went the Suns win game 3 and that's a game the Pelicans like very yeah, easily probably could have. Yeah, it was the it was it was there for that, just man. took over. Yeah. And Paul did the mid-range thing he did again and and you know it's the Pelicans were like never again. There was like Herb Jones and Alvarado, you know. All in closing time because they were not letting Paul going to do his that. Thing, which... That
2: shot block Herb Jones had too. like you seen oh, those pictures, that video it's... of him like race. It, it's not only the fact that he got there and like how far he jumped. It was that he came off someone else to go do the rotation. He's like a one man rotation. I mean, It's like you don't need to point and talk with anybody else. Herb Jones is going to do the rotation and I'll take it into his own hands. That was incredible. I love it. It's so I... great. I do have to give you guys
0: some credit for casting doubt on the Suns last week. If you might recall, I I wasn't buying that and I, I didn't think they would even without Booker, I didn't think they were gonna have this kind of trouble with the Pelicans. Well like it's I thought good. the Pelicans could make it interesting, but I just felt like they would still Phoenix would find a way to win and now I have my doubts.
2: Well, it's a good I think Michael's spot on, it's a good comparison, you know, where you have Phoenix and, and then kind of the Memphis role. and then you have like New Orleans kind of the the Timberwolves where they're like young and they have a bunch of competitive dudes and they're a total hot mess in terms of how they play and what they're doing. And you're just like, Oh my gosh. Like, like you said, like, like what is Jackson Hayes doing? Like throwing, you know jay crowder down and like getting exactly. tossed it's a game three you're like oh come on i mean i didn't know his dad was jonathan hayes like a tight end in the nfl so you know it was kind of going back to his, his early days it made his dad proud i'm sure finally my son finally hit somebody uh but i i just they're both hot messes but there's they have you know you sort of the edwards ingram thing where they're just like so um so talented and so good. And it, yeah, it's fun seeing these young guys play. It's it's just so great. Like that's where I do like the play in that these guys had to compete their way to get in and they had a chance to get in like um, in new Orleans, like they could have easily, like it, it, without the play in, they would have been done. Like they would have, they wouldn't have made the move for column. They wouldn't have done any of this stuff. They would have just been done and rolled it over again, but they were like, we're going to do this. And it's hilarious that like, I mean, CJ to a certain degree, but like Herb Jones and Alvarado are saving, uh, their GM's job. I mean, It's just like, I mean, when you get Herb Jones like that, you kind of are like, okay, well you got, you got something going. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that was Trajan Langdon who made that pick, but it's like, it's it just, it's just, what is wrong with these stars though? I, I do feel like, are we back in kind of like an early mid nineties, like big Doug Robinson Iverson era where like these guys just don't, like if you're a competitor, like, I understand it's really hard to come back after all, like a year, like for Zion or for Simmons or whatever. But it's just, would not you want to be in a mix with these guys? <laughs> like, like New Orleans is a bunch of guys you can go to war with. One, the, the Nets are a whole mess. But like, those guys are like, no, I mean, no joke. To like, they're ready to roll. They they they're playing for it. And I just, if I was Zion, I just feel like I'd be like, man, this is like, that. If if you have anything in your soul about basketball and compa- kind of like not even like competitive. he's obviously a great player but it's kind of something in you that's gotta get you going you know like i just don't understand how that doesn't make you like kind of like i am playing with you because imagine if he just like showed up and willis read it you know game five or something i mean it would just be i mean it probably would just everything he's, would go chaos but it would just be yeah it's just like he's, will, will has got a great like
1: javel mcgee has been a problem in the backup center minutes zion i, mean, I, mean, I mean, that's, your, that's your music Take down clearly, Bismarck, clearly, <laughs> clearly,
0: Zion does have a passion for dunking, though. We, we established <laughs> that.
1: So I'm half convinced the pelic I'm <laughs> half convinced David Green or uh sorry, David Griffin is his he's he's planning to trade Zion in the offseason, so he doesn't want him to come back and get hurt in the playoffs.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I I and the last thing for the Pelicans though is like it was so cool to see um with Willie Green, just like some of his like halftime speeches or his like in between timeout speeches. I don't know if that was the plane or the, maybe the game they won, the first game they won against Phoenix where he gave that impassioned speech. And then it was like, maybe it was the Clippers game, I think. But they, it was just fun to see a guy like connect with his guys and then respond to that and play with that sort of passion. And maybe it's to your point, Michael, it's sort of like Yudoka. It's like the guys are young enough. Like CJ is like the veteran presence, but, and, and they have, um, you know, they have some other veterans but like those young guys just they're in man they want to do it it's it's great so it's it's a fun time
1: April Madness I'm just waiting for the McCollum game it's kind it's, co- it's coming that's He's gonna true. For like 40.
2: no that's true they have one of those coming too but I mean that's what's hard though bridges is great at guarding guys like him though that's not an yeah. easy that's not easy to deal with bridges but yeah it's it's it,
1: it it could be so and I just' it, it, think, it, it, Yeah, he's he's like two he's like he's like two for nine from three in every game. So he's bound to go five for nine in one of these and just go off.
0: (laughs) All right, guys. Well, our uh, apologies to the Joker. He's getting tired of reminding critics that he's a one man team. So yeah, he (laughs) left left the left the waiting room. We love you, Joker. (laughs) We love you. Good
1: luck. Come on, Joker. Goodbye, my love. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining us at the 3D Love NBA Podcast. We'll be back next time, but until then, remember throw it down, big man. This isn't just a great podcast, it's a triumph of the human spirit.